You're listening to Conversations, where we talk about any and everything under the sun. You name it, we can talk about it. On this podcast, we have hard conversations, we promote each other, we bring awareness, and some topics are just for your entertainment purposes only, to bring laughter. Overall, we just want to add value and humor into your day. I am your host, Caprina. Thank you for joining. You are tuning in to another episode of Conversations, and this is part two of Second Chances. And I wanted to bring, um, hopefully you was able to check uh, check out Red and I yesterday with her story. Today, I want to bring on Levi to bring a different perspective. He has a different story. Um, he's agreed to share his story about the time that he served in prison. Um, just like Red, I met Levi through skating. And just like Red, when I posted, hey, I need somebody to tell me their story, uh, he raised his hand. So I was like, awesome. I appreciate that. And um the purpose of this, again, I like to reiterate, is not to glorify the time that he spent in prison, but the purpose of this is to talk about how he overcame that time, the lessons he learned, how he's become successful, some tips that he had for someone that may have um, started down the right, the same route that he started, and just to give us a little insight on that. So first of all, thank you, Levi, for taking time out your busy day today to uh, talk with us and Before I get started, I do have some questions, Um, as you saw yesterday's episode. Before I start drilling you, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself real quick. Like, where are you from and all that, whatever you want to tell the people. Uh, Well, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I've been in Texas now going on seven years. Uh, I mean, prior to this, I mean, I lived a, a different lifestyle, more so. I mean, I always kept a job. I've always been a barber, so, but in the midst of that, though, I got sidetracked and maneuvered into another lane, and that's what led me down the path that I went down. Okay, cool. So you've been a barber basically all your life. Is that something that runs in the family, or? No, I mean, I wouldn't say that. My older brother, his dad, he, he owns a shop, and that's actually the only shop that I had ever worked at back home, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but far as like in the family, not nah, not really. Okay, okay. So you're from Dayton, Ohio. Also, because uh, Red's from Ohio too. So did, did y'all know each other before you moved to Texas? Since both of y'all were in Ohio, and what's the nah. difference between where she's from in Ohio and where you were from in Ohio? About four hours. <laughs> four hours. Okay. So y'all never crossed paths with skating, anything like that. No. Nah. Okay. So did you start skating before? Because she mentioned that she was skating before she moved here. Did you start skating I've when you were skating? Since I was, I've been skating since I was a kid, though. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I've always done that. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just jump right into it. Um, get, I know uh, yesterday me and Rhi had a lot of conversation. You know, girls talk. <laughs> so let me just get you a question so you can move on. So let's just get right into it. So first, let's talk about the time you were in jail, and then I'm gonna fast forward into the time after jail. So tell us the people, we're gonna get nosy a little bit, get a little bit in your business. So what did you go to jail for? And um, how old were you and how long were you sentenced? Uh, I went to prison for selling uh, heroin and cocaine and dealing with firearms. Um, I ended up serving seven years. Um, so, I mean, I, when I left, I don't know, I think I was probably like 30, just getting into, you know, my 30s. 
So it was, it was early, you know what I mean? So. Um, when you say when you left, when you got locked up, you were 30 or when you get out, yeah. you were 30? When I, when I got locked up. Okay. 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 So you were older by then. So what made you, um, at the age of 30, you kind of, you're a grown man now, you kind of figured out life. So what made you go into that? Was it because you were, so your surroundings, because you was trying to support family or what made you start making those decisions to get into drugs and firearms and stuff? I don't know. I had been in, I had been around that though, like all my life, not like as far as from on my mom and dad aspect, but like I would go to my cousin's house and that was the house where it was always jumping. Like mom didn't care. It was a house party here. Mm-hmm. She didn't care who spent the night. You know what I'm saying? One yeah. of them times. So once I got over there, they never really knew what was going on, but you know, it wasn't no curfew. So I was always around, you know, certain stuff. So I didn't wait till I was 30 or 31 to start doing, like I was, I had already been doing it for years. I just had never got caught. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So you started in the streets at an early age. You just got caught at the age. I ain't gonna say early. I was still, I was still say late. I was, well, yeah. I mean, I, I was messing around a little bit in high school, but nothing serious though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, my cousin, the same cousin that I was around, you know, he was playing with a lot of money, but he never wanted me and his brother you know, to mess around. He just kept saying, man, just go to barber school, man. You know, just, you know, so that's what we was on. But we still was around it, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, we still was seeing it, though. We still seeing everything. Like, we seeing all the money. I'm, I'm seeing the process of everything. So I'm like, you know, I always done paid attention. So once I got older and got to, you know, cut hair, I mean, you meet people. That's a, a networking market. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, you meet people that want something. I know people that got something. So mm. you're gonna make something happen with it. That's that's yeah. how it that's how it happened. Okay. So then when at the age of 30, by then, um, and I'm just assuming, but I don't know, have you experienced other family that has been in and out of jail or this is your first? Like when you went to jail, was it like, oh my God, I'm scared? What was it like when you first got processed in? Were you worried or how was that feeling? No, I I wasn't scared. I mean, you just, I mean, it's like every, I mean, you wake up every day, you don't know what the day going to be like. So I mean, it's the same way. You just handle it accordingly. You know what I mean? But prison is really, to me, I mean, it's simple. It's, you know, you make it harder than what it is. It's just like being in the streets. You respect people. You you know, you mind your business. Man, it's just like out here. It's just like being in the army. I would imagine that's all it is really. You know, you just coming out with a record. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's really how I view it. Okay. So that's a different view. Some people are like, well, I couldn't imagine serving one day in nobody's jail, well, I mean, county, I mean, prison, nothing. I would be terrified to shits if I if I had to get locked, like hey, I've never been handcuffed in my life. Somebody put me in the back of police car, take me to jail, and then not do I not just spend a night and get out. But you mean to me I gotta stay here for seven years? Like I would I don't know what I would do. So you mean to tell me that's all you felt? There's nothing else to that, like. No, nah, no. Nah, I mean seriously though, it's like, I mean you know, and I, you know, I was in federal prison, so it's different too because you more so like they click you up kind of in, in in uh by your state. So mm. I've never been to state prison, but I always hear that, you know, like like if me and Red was locked up. You know, she she from Cleveland and I'm from Dayton. We both from Ohio, but we wouldn't mess with each other in the state is what people always say. But in federal, 
it's, you know, they click y'all stayed up. You still mess with other people. But I'm saying when I enter, they like, where you from? I'm like, Ohio. They like, okay, like, man, you got some. So they showing me where I, my home is at. Hey, you from Ohio. So, 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 you know, I'm fresh in. They making sure I got everything until the next day. You know what I'm saying? Because in the morning, I still got to get up and have my hygiene stuff. So they like, you straight, you need anything? They, you know, blessing me. So, you know, nah, it ain't, nah. I mean, well, the way I, would, I see it on TV, and I'm just again, I'm oblivious because I watch all this prison stuff on TV. I don't know why it's one of my, one of my guilty pleasures. But I thought it was by um, by ethnicity or by race that they people like kind of gathered up in in the feds. So it's you're saying it's by state or is it also segregated by race? So I, that, that's more so like if you're going up in a more higher maximum security type of prison, though. Okay. You know what I'm? Then I can imagine it's like that, but like. I had never been in no trouble. So I still was behind the fence though. I started off it still, you know, in the medium. So I'm still behind the fence and all that, but I'm saying I wasn't like locked down 23 hours and only can come out an hour. Like, you know, I was, man, I was maneuvering in there. So to me, it was, man, it was like, man, let's get this time over. Cause I'm ready to go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know so you saying? weren't behind bars. You said you were just like in a, was it um like lots of beds everywhere or was it behind you bars? Know, behind bars for a second but i'm saying it wasn't like for no 23 hours though right you know what i'm saying because you, you got some prisons where you know them prisons be old so you might got a building where they got bars in it and then you might have a building where it looked like dorms kind of you know what i'm saying so it all depends but that tv stuff though that's that, like i don't even pay attention to that because I mean, I don't, I didn't see that part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't saying it don't go down now in federal prisons. Right. So don't get that twisted either. But I'm just saying, like, with TV portrayed, though, like, I I have I didn't go nowhere to see see that as frequently as they show it on TV. So. So then, um, what's the food like? Um, <laughs> I mean, you come from Ohio. I'm pretty sure. I don't know how you were raised. Like, I don't know if it's if you had like a wife before you went in, a mama who cooked, a granny, like, what was it, like, you went from having, I'm sure you had home-cooked meals, and then you go to prison. What man, was that I like? didn't no home-cooked meals like that, man, I was, I was too busy, like, I wasn't, my life done always been kind of fast-paced, so, like, that's probably why I'm small, like, man, I move around too much, I stay on the go. So you was it wasn't no you just got with it whatever they serve you you just kind of got with it or did you go any days and skip food? I mean, you know you don't get your stuff out commissary too, but I'm saying like the food wasn't all that bad though. I done been some spots where it done been bad, and then I done been some spots where it done been real good. But then you might get a new food coordinator, and then it's over. He gonna switch the whole thing up, and now y'all out of luck. So you. You gotta rely on for your commissary, you or people that you know that's in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Because they hustling, they bringing the vegetables, the the meats that you know what I'm saying from lunch, like the leftover chicken. They bringing all that to the unit. So that's stuff that we gonna put together later on in something. So that's interesting. So I've never I've never heard that. So they can change coordinators and it change your whole meal. Like the coordinator can like yeah, get with yeah. a different third party with the menus and everything. Yeah, just like you get a new warden and he'll change what he want to change too. Oh, I never Everybody that come in under their position, they get whatever area they handling, they can change what, what they want to change. Wow. So then how were the other prisoners? If you served seven years, um, were you with some of the same people 
throughout that seven years or how often did you move around? Do you still have those contacts? Do you keep in touch? I moved around. I went to three prisons. So I spent a few years in each prison, but I still keep in contact. If I mess with them in prison and they was on something positive, like I still mess with them today, like not just contact them, like we, we link up. Like, you know, I go to Arizona or, you know, they come in town, you know, they fly in or uh, Baton Rouge. I mean, I got a, I got a lot of probably, I met some good solid dudes in there. So when you got locked up in Ohio, did you, when they, when you said you got moved around, did they keep you moving around within the state of Ohio or do you, can you go anywhere? In the state of Ohio, it's only one federal prison and that's Elkton. Okay. And I be hearing it ain't all that good. So I didn't even want to stay in Ohio anyway. But I went to Kentucky. That's only two hours away. So I started off in Aston, Kentucky. And then they sent me to Lexington, Kentucky for a few years. And then I went to Duluth, Minnesota. Okay. So from Minnesota, you got released. So you got released from Minnesota. From Minnesota, I came here. Okay. Cool. So um, have you ever been in solitary confinement or something like that? yeah for what wait, so wait let me go back i have i forgot a question i asked yesterday were you like a boss or you just kept to yourself i think you mentioned you kept to yourself or were you like running stuff nobody bothered you did you get to prove yourself when you got in or how did that what was your status no, no i didn't have to prove my i mean a lot of people knew me from the streets though you know what i'm saying like if they like i say if it's from ohio then you're gonna meet people you know that that know you and they gonna ask about you but i mean you know a lot of people I already know. And then, you know, you got paperwork. So it'll show what you, you know. So what does that mean? <laughs> Track record. They don't know the message you. don't show your crime, your, you know, your charges and stuff like okay. this. So it basically just, it'll basically show your status. It, okay. it, you know, but nah, okay. it, I, nah you don't got to prove, I didn't have to prove myself to nobody though. They, man, they mess with me tough though. I mean, I'm man, I'm the same, like how I am now. That's how I was in there. That's how I always done being. So, man, you don't just go in there and just get on some old funny style stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm I was cool in there too, but I mean, just like out here, I ain't gonna let nobody play me out here. It was the same in there. Same rules apply. That's why I say it's the same principle. Cause I I wonder if like um again me oblivious watch TV, but it's you have people who are in there that are territorial. They've been there for a long time. Then here you come, you know, like, do they do they beef with you? Do they try to make you prove a point? But I'm coming in, though, <clears throat> yeah, but I ain't coming in trying to run nothing, though. I'm coming yeah. in trying to do my time and get home. I'm, I'm still fighting my case at the time. I'm trying to get, get some time back, you know what I'm saying? Because I felt like I done got played, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. on, on the for real, because the way the laws was changing at the time, they sends me under a, a old drug chart though. Like, so, cause I played out to 15 to life. That's what I signed a plea for. You know what I'm saying? So when I go to actually get sentenced, I only end up getting 120 months at that time. But I still have five years hanging over my head for the gun, which would have made it that 15. Right. But at the time it was a case being filed in the Supreme Court. So my judge at the time, he didn't want to sense me on it because the case was similar to mine. So mm -hmm. he wanted to see how that panned out before he saw how he was going to give me, if he was going to give me that five or if he was not, you know what I mean? And I mean, it just worked out that, I mean, I had a cool judge, you know what I'm saying? For real, to be honest, that's just what it, 
what it boiled down to. Military confinement. Like, what did you go in there for? How many times did you go? I only went in there one time, but that was, but for real, that was for some dumb stuff though, because in there you only, they only give you 300 minutes a month, right? So they use the phone. They give you oh, 300. Okay. I was like 300 minutes a month, what? Yeah. Okay. They use the phone. So it, they give you, you got a pack number too, which is basically like your prison pin number that you enter before you make your call. Cause all your calls is, is on your computer too. Like we got email and all that. So you got to give put these contacts in order to call them. They got to be approved on your contact list. Okay. So, you know, I was, uh, so I had a celly. He was from North Carolina. He was real cool, but, and he, but he had done been, been down for a little minute, but he was younger than me, but he had been down for, I think he had already been down for like eight years. This one, I first go in. And so, uh, so he, you know, he was cool, but, everybody knew him like he had one co like in his pocket for real like when i say man we used to have so much contraband in our cell man it could have went like i'm just talking about like mcdonald rappers like stuff come on like you know you ain't poke we ain't been ain't seen the lick of mcdonald's he got okay. all so it was this one co that was really just gunning for him he was one of them co's i ain't gonna say he was a bad co but he was the same every day. Like he he didn't treat nobody no different. He was just by the book. You know what I'm saying? So he wasn't this way today and this way tomorrow. He was the same every day. But he didn't like my celly because he knew how he had all the other COs. And uh my celly was in the shower one night after 10 o'clock. And and the CO went back there and told him to get out. So him and my celly get to arguing or whatnot. And so that that had him on his tail. Well, I run out of my 300 minutes. Cause like I say, I'm fresh in. So 300 minutes to me, that sounds like a lot of minutes though. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like a lot of minutes, but you get to call everybody. Man, I ran through like four days. I'm like, man, why I can't get through? They like, man, let me see. They like, ah, oh, man, you don't run out of minutes. I'm like, damn. So I use my Sally's pack number. And so the CO, he was monitoring the call. So mm -hmm. they got me for uh, circumventing the phone system and all that. Now, mind you, this one. You tell me you went to solitary confinement for using somebody's phone minutes? Nah, but listen, though, check this out. I didn't even go to uh, solitary confinement. You know what I'm saying? What they did, they make you see DHO. That's a, a prison judge, basically. Mm -hmm. So I'm waiting all this time to see this prison judge. and But I'm in the middle of, of, of transferring, too, though. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of transferring to another facility, too, though. So I'm thinking that this going to stop my transfer. But what they did was they sent me on to the other prison. And as soon as I get to the other prison, man, they put me right in the cell. Soon as they booked us all in, straight to the, straight to the, to the shoe. And they had me in that mug for three months though. Three months? They had me in that mug for three. So you never got a chance to see the, the jail, um, judge or anything they just assume it is what it is throw them in nah, there they made me see the one over there so they put you three months for so what is someone who get who like start a fight do something got contraband what is how much time they get i mean it depends on what he what he's sending them to three months seems extreme to me for something like that's that. what i'm saying he just like a judge inside of a prison that sends you for the crimes you do with inside of the prison hmm. so how so did that, how was that for three whole months so that meant you got one hour like, what does that mean for real? Man, you got, yeah, now, now then was when you got the 23 and one, the 23 lockdown. But I, 
but I stayed in the whole, I didn't even want to go outside though for my hour. Cause I'm like, man, man, when I go out, I want to be on the yard. So I'm like, forget that. I'd rather just wait. Cause you got to get off your bunk, turn around, let them put the cut. It's just too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, just look. Nah, I'd rather just wait and just do these. I would just, because it took me almost two months to see him. And so then it's I, like a teaser. It's like you get out for an hour and it's like a teaser. You might as well go on here and just. Yeah, exactly. So but do you I, get different I, food I, while you're in there? You get the same food everybody got. No, yeah, you get the same food. So like you have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and that's pretty much it. And I heard dinner is like served super early. So four o'clock. So if you in solitary confinement, you can't do commissary and do all that extra stuff and eat. Nah, you you yeah, you limited. You pretty pretty much in there. You did you pretty much just limited the hygiene stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? But yeah, well, we almost not- at 8:30. So we talked about your time in. Is there anything else you want to add about that before we talk before we move forward about your time out? Anything interesting you want to add? Something people would know, like want to demyth something? No, not really. I mean, okay. <laughs> let me see if anybody got anything to say. Red got red is commenting on on our. Uh, Okay, I already know. She didn't what she get you is. back. She didn't get you back with your little comment you gave her yesterday, but she said you probably went to uh solitary confinement for slapping people. <laughs> nah, she, hell she said she kept a kitchen friend. So yeah, hell yeah, you got to. You man, you gotta keep them because they're gonna make sure you stay straight. Yeah. yeah. That seems like a common consensus that I've been hearing. So all right, so let's fast forward. So you did your time. Huh? Cause I'm telling you, man, it's someone who's in there to cook some stuff, boy. That it probably better than something you would cook on a Sunday. You just don't get as much of a portion as you would if you was in general population in the whole. Though. So if you could talk to a younger, a younger version of yourself, or someone who's who was thirty and under, or anything, teenager, have a good life, have something going for themselves, and they want to get into the streets, what would you tell them? <laughs> I mean, it, it really ain't worth it, though. I just feel like you can have the same stuff, you know, because I do talk to my customers, you know what I mean? Because they see, you know, not to be funny, but, like, they see what I drive. They see how I dress. I'll be telling them, like, they see what I do, though. They see me go to work, you know what I mean? I don't do nothing illegal, you know what I'm saying? So I just be trying to show them you can still have nice stuff, and, you know, you ain't got to, you know, do illegal stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the fast money though. That was definitely a, a high, but it's a headache too though. Cause it's a lot that come with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People want to rob you and just all kind of, you know, just, it just put a lot of stuff in a different uh, view. So I just, I don't think it's worth it. The crime may never worth the time. I don't think <laughs> my next time, and then my next question, was your crime worth your time? <laughs> Ain't nothing work. That time you can't get that back. So yeah. it, you know, it's a lot of stuff I miss with my kids that I didn't get. Yeah. See that I wanted to see and do with them, but you know, we still close though. You know, even with right. me being, you wouldn't even know it. It, so just said it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that hard to do seven years. Is that what you? I mean, mean? I had some good. Don't get me wrong. It, it's hard because you're away from your family, and you know. So the holidays, that's when you really feel it. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't even 
call home like on the actual holiday i wouldn't even call i just call like a few days before and tell everybody whatever merry christmas or you know my my mama anyway and my kids because I'm, I'm like man i ain't calling on christmas you know everybody be over there and Everybody put him on the phone, put him, man, I don't want to talk to all y'all, ain't none of y'all put a thing on this And you wasting it. Ain't no sense of talking to me about nothing. I'm, man, I'm, man, listen. Man, let me talk to my mom. I have a little girl, but you had, you. how many kids do you have? And like, how old were they? And how was that experience for them? Two. My son, he'll be 18 this year. My daughter, she, uh, she'll be 12. I mean, you know, they was coming to see me though. They, uh, my mama, she would bring them. And then uh, me and my daughter's mom, you know, we got a we got a pretty decent, we got a good, well, we got a real, real good relationship now. But then it was it was decent to the point where, you know, she ain't had no problem with her, you know, coming to see me and all that. So they would come to see me at least once every three months because I ain't want too many visits. Because, like, you know, it'd be hard watching them go the other way. Yeah, I was going to say that has to be really hard. And you don't want your... Uh... You want your kids to come in there, you know, too many times and that has to be hard all around for them. So have you have you have your you and your children had the conversations now that they're older about that time and how they felt and what they went through during that season? Or you just got you just kind of left mm -hmm. alone? We don't talk about it. Okay. I mean, it ain't that I wouldn't talk about it, though. You know what I mean? They just don't they don't ask. But, but you know, they remember because they was a old enough so right. but i mean we don't we don't talk about it they don't ask about it but i don't hide it from nobody though right right so then um fast forward what was the first thing you you did when you got released i mean as far as first thing what <laughs> what was the first thing okay you got out okay so you got out what was the first? Red said she got some good food to eat. Oh what was yeah. The first thing you did when you got released, like who picked you up and what was the first thing you did to get released? Look, when I first got out, this was so funny, right? Because I ended up winning, uh, you know, my appeal. So that's how I ended up only doing that, you know, seven. So I didn't even know when I was going. I didn't know the actual date at first that I was going to get out. It took them a minute to come back with me. A date because they had to recalculate my sit my sentence. Mm -hmm. So uh when she finally recalculated, she was like, Are you getting out on July 6th? But July 6th, that was on a Sunday that year. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, they don't let you out on no Sunday. Usually if you get out on a Saturday, if your out date falls on a Saturday or a Sunday, you get out that day before because they right. can't hold you a day over. You know what I'm saying? Because right. if something happened to you, then they held accountable for that. Okay. You know what I'm but I never knew that. So they actually let me out on a Sunday though. So I got now I don't work my way down to a camp though. So but it but this ain't no normal camp because this got a fence too and it's got more cameras than the other facilities that I've been to with fences. But it was just so crazy because I was like, man, they got me uh here with all these people that's it's people that's about to transfer like. So when they get furloughs, like inmates getting furloughs to go to a other prison, they like, hey man, look, check this out. Man, call my girl. They give me their numbers. They yeah. girl, <laughs> call my girl. 
tell her, man, I got to stop in Michigan. Woo woo. Tell her it, I got to lay over there for such. No, you get now, so you the messenger. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying. But see, they be sick, so they be getting. We be getting our itinerary in there. You cool enough with us, yo? You know what I'm saying. So I got all these numbers and stuff that I'm supposed to uh, call and shit and let them know where to meet these dudes at and shit. Man, I'm in there getting dressed. And man, I'm talking about, man, I left man, I left everything in my pocket that I took off. I'm talking about even my federal ID. I left everything at the prison. I was moving so fast. I'm like, man, let me get the hell up out of here. So, <laughs> I got on that. I got on a bus and went to, I went straight to a um a little Walgreens though, because I wanted to get a phone and you know, I wanted to call my mama like shit. Yeah. I'm like, Cause she didn't know you was getting out, obviously, right? You didn't get a chance to tell her. No, nah, I didn't know because once they told me my out date, they cut my phone and my computer off. They they shut it down. You know what I'm saying? Dang. So like I couldn't call. And of course, I couldn't write no letter because shit, it I would have beat the letter. Yeah. So, I have a question on Facebook. Um, the question was, how long was your original sentence? I think we we breezed over that. But you say you did seven years, but you're it was uh, twenty months though. Okay. So yeah. how did you? Was it because of a law that changed or because you just appealed it and beat yeah, your with case? That fair sense, it was the FSA 2010, that Fair Sentencing Act that Obama was working with him and uh, the Attorney General Eric Holder for the crack law. Was okay. Basic, uh, you know, the 100 to 1 ratio was what it, what it was. Then I think they took it to an 18 to 1. But, you know, they had been arguing forever trying to get it to be a 1 to 1. Basically, what you're saying, you know, how they give you way more time for crack than they do for cocaine when cocaine is pure and crack is water and baking soda, but see, it's a controlled substance, so that's where they give you the time for it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So that was the law that had helped me out, you know what I'm saying? It actually then, helped people out, you know what I'm saying? It helped a whole lot of people out, for real. So, but in some people, I can imagine if they didn't have the right, so you had to have an attorney who knew what they were doing. Otherwise, you'd just be sitting in there. Or was it that did the law pass and then they sweep everybody's case? And I then, not. That's that's what's so messed up about it is that they know that they be dead to the wrong and they still make you fight this case, though. Like, man, them cases be taking years to fight. You know what I'm saying? And and it be it be frustrating too. So you got a lot of people in there that could be home. But they might have done put some shot some through the system trying to get some playoff, you know what I'm saying? And the system done shot them down and it just knocked the fight out of them. Cause it's like, man, I ain't got to keep going back and forth with them, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's a lot of going back and forth to the law library. But I had met a, a dude in there that was a pair, he used to be a paralegal on the street and he charged me uh, $250, I think, to do a, a appeal. And he, who actually originally got me in the court, but on down the line, they kept rejecting me too. And then I was gonna hire a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And the lawyer that I was gonna hire, he ended up doing it for me pro bono. He was out of Covington, Kentucky. Wow. Yeah. So we yeah. have a couple of people in the comments that want me to go back to the original question. So what did you do when you got out of prison? <laughs> Red said you was chasing tail. My sister, New John, I don't know if you know that New Jones is my sister, yeah. but she said you went around the question. And the first thing you did, so you mean you went to Walgreens, got the phone, yeah, caught your tail. Yeah, but even with that, yeah, I did that, you know, caught everybody. Well, her and my baby mama. Yeah, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, but I still had to go to the halfway house. So it still was like I was still locked up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I didn't realize that. So how long did you stay there? I went to the halfway house for a a little, almost two months. Okay. I stayed there almost two months. Then from there, I came to Dallas, which my mom got a little brother, which my uncle, he was staying here, him and his mom. Mm -hmm. You know, I was staying, that's where I was, my address was too. You know what I mean? So I stayed there for maybe about a year, but I mean, it was cool. You know, I appreciated it, but like, you know, I just live a little different. Like I'm real, I'm a neat freak. I, you know, I'm real big on that type stuff. And so it just wasn't really suitable for me, but it, I mean, it did what it needed to do for the time. You know what I mean? Cause I already knew at first I wasn't even looking for no job. When I got here, I wasn't thinking about no job. I'm like, man, I'm gonna hold off. Like, I'm just, because I'm for real, like, I'm trying to get adjusted. You, I'm trying to readjust back right. to society, because, I mean, it, a lot done changed, for real. A lot changed in a year, so you a can lot imagine. A lot changed, and you're you in a whole new state. Like Yeah, exactly. Different. To where, like, so, but that was easy to me, though. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, even back home, I didn't mess with everybody, so I still just, like, I am now, got to select few people that I might hang around. I got, you know, associates, but... Mm-hmm. It's very seldom you're going to see somebody with me, though. Right. Okay, cool. So when you got out, so you never you never even moved back home. You you came straight out and came to Texas. Basically. Nah, see, I knew if I would have went home, I, I would I would have never came to Texas. Then I would have probably either been back in prison or right. dead. Cause I know I would have been back doing the same. Because my main partner that I was with, like, he got out and got jammed back. Cause he fighting the case again right now. You know what I mean? So we would have, I probably would have been in that so I knew like being on probation if I would have went because a lot of my partners be like yeah I'm gonna move man but when I get out I'm gonna go I'm gonna go home for a year and then I'm moving I'm like man that ain't gonna go like that because you know because the PO they not even gonna let you just move around like that though you know what I'm saying like man you ain't just about to just keep up and up and then moving like what's going on why you want to move you know what I mean Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so you it's better for you to come out with your address where you want to go. Yeah, I'm like, no sense of me even going home. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't even go home until after I was on probation, though, because, you know, they take you through so much stuff, like who you going with, where you going to be staying at, what's the number, they want to run their background. Man, we ain't got to do all that. So I just chilled until I was off papers. I had five-year papers. And my judge ended up letting me off in two and a half. How has prison changed you? If you didn't go to prison, what kind of person you think you would be versus you serving time and who you are now? If that makes sense. Um, I I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it uh, changed me. I it it taught me. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I mean. I got a lot of more, a lot more patience. I think I'm a lot more humble because <clears throat> people used to say I was, well, my baby mama, she used to always say, man, you're a little cocky motherfucker. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. sometimes I be thinking people take, you know, sometimes people get arrogant and cocky, like, cause you like nice shit. I just feel like, man, I work for what, you know, I work. So I work to get what I want to provide a lifestyle that I like to live for me. So it, you know what I'm saying? Don't get mad because I'd rather go pay three or four thousand dollars for a couch and you cool with paying six hundred, but you're gonna keep replacing that six hundred dollar couch 
so many times you could have been done about the three thousand dollar couch one time you know what <laughs> that I'm makes sense <laughs> that's just how i look at it so yeah. but now I, I do think it did it have humbled me in a lot of other aspects though i will say okay. that and yeah, I, can, I can see how you gain patience as well i mean it's a process so yeah, my temper ain't like it used to be like now it take a lot to to get to me someone who's listening and they serve time in prison, they have a record or anything like that, and they're having problems securing employment or they keep getting turned down, shut down. I know you mentioned before in some of in our previous conversation, we were talking about the show, is that you said Texas was a place of more opportunity. Do you yep. is that so talk about that and how if you have a record, you can't get a job, you're getting turned down, what are the best occupations, best places to look? You know, what can they do to I mean, I just feel here. That? Here, I just feel like whatever you want to do, it's all about networking. This is the best place for networking. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everything I do that I never even thought about even doing was introduced to me from somebody that's just because we was conversating. You know what I'm saying? And right. The topic just came up. But I mean, yeah, here is just so, I mean, it's easy. This is the only state I know you can come to Texas today and get a job today and possibly start today. <laughs> what? What okay so for people who need a job whether they have a record or not because there's a lot of people out here that lazy ain't doing it what kind of jobs is that because they need to know let's help them out <laughs> i mean i don't know i mean i'm just saying that i know figure this jobs like i mean even even when i first got here i went through a temp service for a minute while i was waiting on my barber license to transfer okay. man even they was paying me like 14 dollars mm-hmm so, I mean, it just. So, nothing but opportunity out here. What other kind of things? I know. They do uh, have a list. Like, sometimes they do have a list of like jobs and stuff that, that hire felons and stuff. But, I mean, honestly, it wasn't nothing I was interested in. I think probably like them love gas stations and, you know, stuff like that, McDonald's. I mean, that's cool for people that that's cool for. You know what I'm saying? I'm not knocking that, but I'm just saying. I know, man, I know I, that wasn't going to be what I was doing, so yeah. this wasn't for me. It got to make sense. Yeah, it has to make sense. Yeah, but so. now, like I, was, I always say, you can monetize anything. So even if, if you, exactly. can do that, you can come up with anything and make some money nowadays. Like It's mm -hmm. lots of opportunities out here, um, especially in Texas, and particularly Dallas, from what I understand, compared to the other cities. So that's what's up. So... Anything else you want to add? Um, anything you want to um, if, encourage somebody with since you've been in, in the position where you've been in prison, came out, you're doing well? If not, I got one more question. So whatever you want to add to it. I mean, my main thing, just I mean, the only thing I can say is just keep on pushing. I don't, don't take no for an answer because I don't. Mm -hmm. Like I'm big on just going, I'm going for what I want. And if, if somebody can't make it happen, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. My next question is, my motto is, if you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. What does that mean to you? If you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. I mean, basically, I feel that. I mean, it's basically just saying, shit, make it happen. If it ain't, if the opportunity ain't presenting itself, make it. Well, I thank you, Levi, for telling your story. Um... Um, if anybody's watching, a red said that she loves you and she's proud of you. I love you too, Nick. <laughs>
<laughs> so if anything, if you're watching this and you skate with us or you're friends with Levi on Facebook, you know he is a goofball. Like you can guarantee entertainment with him. But sure. I was honored when he signed up to tell his story. Like this, this is the serious side of him, even though we still laugh. But this is very important to know that you can serve time in prison. Um, you can come out, you can make it happen. We didn't go into detail about what he's doing for a living right now, how you're making this money, but just know like he said what he said is not, he's not doing anything illegal, but he's still living a life, a lifestyle. He's still connected with his kids. He's still, you know, doing the things that he loves to do and want to do. And he doesn't take no for an answer. So that is the point that I wanted to convey tonight. So Levi, I appreciate you. If you're watching this, make sure you uh, subscribe to Conversations on all your favorite podcast listening apps. And this episode will be available online for you to stream. Thank you for joining us this week on Conversations. Be sure to subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content you want to hear. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with your family and friends. And remember, always bring your own sunshine. Never let anyone steal your joy. See you next time.